0: My purpose is to live every aspect of life to the fullest and to show others how they can do the same.
1: Welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs, drivers, and social impactors who use purpose as the driver to achieve greatness. My name is Kobe Mponsa, and I'm here to provide you with priceless value that will last a lifetime. So let's get right into it. Okay, so today we have Donald Fitzgill Jr., a.k.a. The Pod Doc, whose goal is to educate, inform, and entertain. He has an extensive background in finance, and he is the host of a podcast called Donald POV. Donald is a very purpose-driven dude. Um, He's an entrepreneur. He mentors other entrepreneurs as well. Educates the masses on the power of finance and how it can be used to make massive shifts in your life. Um, on top of that, he's also a course creator and voice actor. And for those of you who may not be aware, um, or you may have not realized, he is the senior editor of the Purposeful Story podcast. So, Donald, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Kobe. Uh, it's a pleasure. I always say, man, when I, first, when I first met you, I was like, this guy has that radio voice. Like, your voice is so, <laughs> like, it's, it's such a radio voice. I'm sure you get that all the time.
0: I've gotten that for a while. And oddly enough, I've only been on the radio a few times, but even in my previous career in financial services, I used to hear it all the time. Hey, have you ever worked in radio? You should do something in voice acting. And that's kind of what led me down the road I'm I'm in now. But yes, I've, I've definitely heard that quite a few times.
1: Hmm. Okay. So my guess wasn't wrong. All right. <laughs> so Donald, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great.
0: I'm feeling great. It's is a little cold outside for texas but texas the weather shifts daily so that can happen but i i feel good woke up had a great night's rest and i'm awake energized and glad to be alive
1: yes i can i can definitely respect that for sure so donald where were you you born and raised
0: i was born in fort worth texas i currently live in dallas texas which is right next door to fort worth but i was born and raised in fort worth
1: texas okay and what was your experience growing up in in, in fort worth texas
0: well uh my experience was I would say all in all a good childhood experience my mother and father were both there and were both active parts of my life my father worked he recently retired. Actually, my mother and father have recently retired, but my father worked in uh, with computers. I uh, went to school for management information systems and uh, did a lot in computer networking and things of that nature. My mother was a registered nurse. So, yeah, you know, education was a big part of my upbringing in my life. I played sports growing up, football, basketball, track, but the sport I was most good at or the sport i excelled at the the best was tennis and hmm. i played tennis through through high school and was pretty good
1: nice oh so, yeah and when you were um when you left high school you went to um texas tech for finance correct that is correct
0: i originally went for i think it was pre-dental i wanted to be a you know a dentist and early on uh, I changed and went with my first love or my first educational love uh, which was finance finance was something that had always come natural to me it was you know I took my first financial class at age 15 they had it in, in high school and you know I had studied finance books and things like that so yeah i Actually, quickly changed to finance, and that's what
1: sent me on my way. Hmm. And you know, you, you, your, your parents. Your mom was a nurse, and your dad was in um the 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 tech industry. But where did that finance interest come from? Where did it stem from? Because I don't, you don't see that from your parents, like in their careers. But where did it come from?
0: That's a great question. I think for me, when I was in third grade, I bought my first baseball card. It was a Mark Grace rookie card, Don Russ rookie. And I remember I bought it for $5 at this baseball card store in Fort Worth called Dakota Dicks. And I remember I was intrigued by the idea of being able to buy something at one price and it could be worth more at a later date. Hmm. That just fascinated me to no ends, And then that's when I was in third grade, you know, so that actually, you know, the way that markets worked and the way that uh, the baseball card market worked, the negotiating prices and the buying and selling of different baseball cards actually began my love for finance because, you know, it, it just went on from there. I, I looked at coins uh, and then I started looking at stocks and you know, my, it, it just all really piqued my
1: interest. Hmm. Interesting. And um, why, why, uh, why Texas tech? Like was it just cause it was in Texas or <laughs> why did you choose that school?
0: Well, funny story. My senior year, I was at, a mall in Fort Worth, Hewland Mall. And I was, I believe I was at this footlocker buying some shoes. And there was this guy there that was in town from college and who went to Texas Tech. And he told me about how much fun he had at Texas Tech and how awesome the parties were and and how it was just a, a really good time and you know i know that's not the best educational reason to go to a school it's not it's not a a good reason at all but it is the reason why i went you know i w- i was deciding between a few different schools and i heard that people that went there had a lot of fun and it was a party school and uh, that's
1: that's where i chose that's where 18 year old donald decided to go <laughs> i'm not i'm not mad at it man because you know at that age <laughs> You you're looking to have fun. You know what I mean? You're getting away from your parents and, and you need a place to kind of escape and hey, it worked out great for you, man. It worked out great for you. <laughs> it did. <laughs> so when you when you finished um when you finished your schooling at Texas Tech, you spent years working in the finance industry. What was that experience like for you? It was great because I learned so much,
0: especially in the beginning working at Ameritrade. It's now TD Ameritrade, but it was just Ameritrade at the time when I started. Uh, Ameritrade was somewhat small, but one of the new, I mean, one of the uh, original companies in the online investing world. I believe like E-Trade was probably the biggest at that time, but there was also a company named Daytech and Ameritrade had merged with Daytech at this time because Daytech was the only company that had the ability to stream quotes. You know, everywhere has that now, but at the time in 2002, it was just Daytech and Daytech owned the streaming online quote system. They called it Streamer. So Ameritrade merged with them and I learned so much about the market. You know, I remember one thing a professor of mine in finance told me, and that was, hey, you know, the only good stock tip is an illegal one. And what he meant by mm. that was that, you know, a lot of people have ideas on stuff, but Really, if they, if, they, if they actually knew, if they actually knew, um, they probably have inside information. So, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a good one. And it didn't really resonate until I, I started working at Ameritrade. And every day, someone would, I would get stock tips. I, I would get tons and tons and tons of stock tips. You know, hey, invest in this. This is going to blow up. This is going to do this. And, you know, you have that fear of missing out. Mm. in the beginning, because, you know, no one wants to be that person that says, you know, this. they told me this and I had a chance and I didn't do it. So I started following all of those. I started saying, okay, well, yeah, you know, let's go into this biotech company and go into this and go into that and go into this. And, you know, what it ended up with was losing a lot of money. (laughs) So I realized right then what my professor was saying, hey, you know, i probably have just as good of a shot to pick a good investment as these random people that are telling me about, uh, which investment to go into.
1: Hmm. Very true. And I'm, I'm gra- glad you brought that up. Um, because I think even for me, um, I'm, I'm developing a stock investing course right now, um, okay. for everyone who's, who's interested And I'm finding that, um, when I first started investing, um, I was doing the same thing right? <laughs> doing the same thing, you know, someone would say invest in this stock, invest in that stock. Um, but what I realize is that um, you have to have a proven strategy in order to increase your chances of making money, right? And right. that's what the greats do. So how did you, you know, get to a point where, okay, you consistently knew what you were doing and you really understood what you were doing and you weren't guessing, so to speak?
0: Great question. I really developed my strategy when I started looking at other investors who were doing well. So, you know, I get out of school, I have this finance knowledge, but, you know, um, you know, but but no real type of application, uh, you know, and and, you know, then I have all of this information coming at me about where I should be going. You know, it wasn't until... I really started to study and and say, okay, I have this knowledge. Now let me figure out how to take this knowledge and make it practical and make it actually work for me. So I started looking at some successful investors, you know, that were there, people that I I spoke with all the time and started seeing some things they were doing with options Mm -hmm. and covered calls and things like that. And uh, you know, looking at blue chips and solid companies and just really kind of the approach that these successful people that I saw, uh, take helped form my approach to investing. And,
1: uh, it, it really helped me, you know, on my way. Hmm. Makes sense. Sounds a lot like, like, uh, like my journey with, uh, with investing in stocks. Yeah. so, you know, when it comes to finance, it's, it's something that's, um, I can see it's something that you're passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've noticed it's something that it's not, that's, it's not actively taught right in, in high school, especially um, even outside of that. It's not something that's actively taught, but it, it touches every aspect of our lives, whether we like it or not. Finance is engraved in every, um, you know, nick and cranny of our lives, um, why do you think it's it's not, you know, taught as readily as it should be?
0: You know, I've wondered that. There were me and some friends in college. We used to ask ourselves that same question. Why is this not taught in school? You know, as many things that we were taught in school, you know, this this practical knowledge that is really useful that many people have to learn the hard way tends not to be discussed in, in high school, and I'm not exactly sure the reason why, and that was actually the, um, the motivator for me making my first course. You know, I have many courses in, uh, you know, uh, in voice acting and podcasting and things like that, but m- the very first courses that I made were in finance. It was in budgeting, credits, and investing. And I even have one in cryptocurrency as well. But, you know, the my purpose in doing this was to help uh, younger folks, uh, you know, learn about this before they came out and made mistakes and had to learn the hard way. I wanted to help prevent people from having to learn the hard way. I'm not sure why it's not necessarily taught. I feel like there needs to be some type of overall um, change and probably the educational system to make this more of a, uh, more of a focus because it's, it's definitely something that's necessary. I believe.
1: Hmm. I agree. I agree. And you no longer work in, um, the corporate world of finance, correct? Correct. But what, what caused you to no longer pursue that and just focus on, um, podcasting finance, um, Mm -hmm. your voiceover courses, like voice acting courses, what, what, what caused you to do that?
0: Well, you know, as you alluded to in the beginning, you know, I've always been told that I kind of have this voice uh, for, you know, this radio voice. And I've, I've been told that my whole life. And the thing is I've, you know, I, I probably first heard that when I was 11 or 12, I was in class and teachers used to tell me, Hey, can you read, something out of this book and they would always call on me to read hmm. something. And I would always be called to do something uh, on stage or say some speech or, Hey, Donald, can you introduce, uh, you know, these people, can you be the MC? I, I was always put in front whether I wanted to be or not. So that was something that I just did and didn't really even think that I could make a career out of it. So that, coupled with my natural entrepreneurial spirit led me to this because yes, while I love, I I do love finance. Um, I really love working for myself. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, I started this way. Uh, I, I believe it was in 2010, I started taking a course at a local community college in voice and articulation, and at the same time, started taking voiceover workshops and really studying and trying to hone my craft when it came to voice acting, and I started doing it on the side while working in financial services. And I started doing a bunch of free work and things like that so that I could then try to gain the necessary skills to be able to do this in voice acting. And one day was laid off uh, from work, which, you know, that's that can happen in in corporate world. And I really started going after this. Now, I eventually went back to work, Mm -hmm. um, but I kept going and kept pushing until um I think it was 2015 that I decided to go full time uh or fully away from from the corporate world and pursue
1: voice acting so hmm and were you like were you scared at all when you when you made that transition? Oh yeah yeah I absolutely
0: was scared because I hadn't made very much money at it. So it was definitely a big leap. I mean, voice acting is one of those things that seems easy, you know, until you do it. And the thing is, it's a very competitive field. I was told right away that voice acting was the most competitive field next to high fashion modeling. That's, that's what they, they tell us. So, I mean, there's a lot of people there. It's kind of tough to distinguish yourself so, yeah, it's, it's not the easiest place to uh, prevail. But, you know, uh, a lot of roads that or things that are worth doing aren't easy. So, yeah, I, I said, hey, I, I'll never know uh, until I try. I, I didn't want to leave this earth uh, wondering what if, you know, mm. could I have done this? Could I have done that? I, I, I don't want to be that person. I, I want to actually go for it and know, yes, I, I went for it and I, and I succeeded or I failed, but I, I went for it. I, I don't want to leave any doubt.
1: Got you. And where do you, even speaking on the topic of, of, of audio in general, mm-hmm. right. Where, mm-hmm. you know, I keep saying this on multiple episodes, right. The pandemic has kind of sped up the, the, the resurgence of technology. Um, and even recently, um, They're doing a lot of audio, audio movies, like audio TV shows, like it's really becoming a thing. Where do you see the future of audio in general?
0: I think the future of audio in general, I guess specifically towards podcast and audio productions, I feel like that's only going to grow. And I think it's going to grow mainly because of the nature of people and societies. We tend to do more than we should. And, you know, we are, are, you know, we have evolved to sort of multitask in everything. Work expects you to multitask. You know, I don't want you just to do one thing. I want you to do a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And we kind of have that that idea in us, uh, right now, or, or that, that that's now a habit that is in us to do multiple things. And audio allows us, allows people to go work out and also listen to something, you know, whereas video, you can't necessarily go ride your bike and, (laughs) and, and watch a movie, you -hmm. know, that, that would be very distracting. So audio allows audio fits in to our multitasking, uh, society, our multi multitasking world, I think it's only going to grow. It has exploded this year because probably cause more people are inside, but I think it's only going to get bigger from here. And that is one of the reasons why I sparked the company podcast doc.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. And what's the, I want to know, what's the, the deep meaning behind everything you're doing now? Because, you know, you have your own podcast, you have the, the courses, um, you mentor, you mentor other entrepreneurs, but what drives you, you know, every day to get all of this done?
0: Well, my drive is to influence the world in uh, a good way. So you know my drive is to you know i'm driven by just a deep sense of purpose mm-hmm. really and you know i'm i'm driven every single day to to get up and just work harder than i did the day before and it is both a gift and a curse because i'm never at ease mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but You know, my 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 drive, uh, you know, is is what what moves me to 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 do what I'm doing each day. You know, I I want to I want to leave this world better off than than I found it, you know, and and that drives
1: me. Got you. Got you. And I love the fact that um, your your journey is is so in line with with my podcast, because, um, a lot of, a lot of the listeners that I, I always, I always tell my listeners that, um, you know, a lot of times you, you might not see the best in yourself, but others will see that in you. Right. And, and your purpose is something that you, you are kind of meant to do. Right. And, right. and in your life, right. People were saying, you know, you, you, you have that radio voice, maybe you should do this. And it's, it was happening through your whole entire life. And you kind of push it to the side and eventually you know, here you are, you listen to them and, and it's, it's part of your purpose right now. I'm so, I'm so happy that you're on this podcast because it's, it's in, it's, it's in line with what my podcast is, what my message is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. And, and yes, you're, you're right. I don't think your purpose is something that you can run from. Mm -hmm. It is, it is there, whether you can see it or not, you know, um, you know, I, I, I can say that I wish I would have started, you know, down this road earlier, but had I have done that, I wouldn't have gotten the same experience in finance. Uh, you know, yes. so all of these things shape us to what we are right now and I wouldn't trade any of those
1: experiences for anything. Fair enough. And what's next for the pod doc?
0: Well, um and it is it is podcast doc. Yes but, um you know so next for me, I have, you know, there's a number of different different areas in podcast doc now. So while I started off with just voice acting, it turned into podcasting and a number of things. So right now I not only do voice acting myself, but I um, find other voice actors, uh, you know, for, clients as well. So I have a number of people that have podcasts that need intros and outros and ads done that come to me and may not necessarily want my voice, but I can find them a different voice. So I'm not quite a talent agency, but I do have the ability to find uh, and work with other voice actors. So I have voice acting. I do podcast editing, as you know. Um, Podcast production is something that I am working on as well. I am in the process of look of starting a uh, podcast network. Uh, so I have that as well. I have podcasting equipment that is on its way right now um, from being made. So, you know, wow. I'll have mics and pop screens and mounts that will be podcast doc uh approved and ready to to go out and you know i as you stated earlier also have voice acting podcast voice acting and podcasting courses so i'm really just looking to scale these different areas and i really just kind of stretch extend my reach out as far as possible Jeez, that's that's powerful
1: This is The Purpose Round, where entrepreneurs, creatives, and social impactors are asked a series of questions that highlight their true purpose. So welcome to The Purpose Round, where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey.
0: So, Donald, what is your purpose? My purpose is to live every aspect of life to the fullest and to show others how they can do the same. It's not enough for me to be successful, as I explained earlier. I want to be successful and to show others how to do the same. I want to show people that there is hope in the darkness, and anyone can be optimistic about their future when equipped with the right knowledge. Got you.
1: What's your morning routine like?
0: (laughs) I like to wake up to bossa nova music. (laughs) Nice. Because... For some reason, it makes me think of a vacation and vacations Mm. make me think of success. Um, Then I like to meditate for some amount of time before making coffee and taking on the day. And I meditate because this is a way for me to stop and be still before taking on the chaos of the day. The, you know, the day will take care of the day, but you know, it's good to find some amount of margin and be still uh, in the beginning of the day for me.
1: Got you. And if you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why?
0: Catherine the Great. And when I was maybe 11 or 12, I remember my parents and I went to a museum exhibit that featured one of the pharaohs from Egypt, Ramses, I don't remember which, uh, which one and and Catherine, the great, the empress of Russia in the late 1700s. And the main thing I remember from this exhibit was the artwork of Catherine, the great, um, all of the artwork that was shown had these dark skinned beings watching over the earth. And my first thought was, Oh, I wonder if those are demons Mm -hmm. until I read the caption and I saw that they were angels. Hmm. And not demons. And this was really a big deal to me at the time. So much so I went to go tell my dad, I was like, Hey, look at this artwork. The angels are black like us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, because this was not and still is not the depiction of angels, at, at least in America. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I I would want to speak with Katherine the Great to ask her about her perspective on this artwork that she had, how she viewed angels, and what was her perspective of these beings.
1: Interesting. And if you only had a hundred dollars to build your own business from the ground up, how would you leverage that?
0: I would create something that didn't cost me anything like a digital product or an online course. Uh, Then I would send Instagram and Facebook ads uh, to market the course because those tend to be the most cost effective ads uh, to send. And I could really leverage a hundred dollars to market my digital product.
1: Got you. And what would you say was your most impactful moment and what did you learn from it?
0: My most impactful moment was starting a vending machine business out of college. I was working, you know, the nine to five at Ameritrade and I wasn't making very much money, but I learned how to earn money with doing limited work by starting this vending machine business. I sold bubblegum and Mike and I candies, uh, out of these, uh, you know, small vending machines that I put inside like pizza shops and donut stores and consignment stores. I, I went and placed them myself, you know, as soon as I, it cost me 150 to get the candy and a machine. And, you know, I could just, uh, get everything, throw it inside a store and then just go and collect just go and, and collect, make sure the store owner and everybody was still happy and just go and just collect my quarters and be <laughs> on my way. So I, I loved that. that. That was the most impactful moment because it showed me it does not matter how much money that you currently make. A lot of people say, well, I don't make enough money to start a business. I, I would say you're wrong. Mm. You're wrong. There, there's something you can do. Find something to do. You can do it. I promise you.
1: Got gotcha. you. Got you. What's the best advice you've ever received?
0: Never hand someone something and then explain what's wrong with it. Mm. So I was into music, uh, you know, uh, in college. And at one point I came across this guy who was the drummer. He said he was the drummer in the Gap Band. And, you know, we started talking about music and things like that. And he, and he told me, he said, you know, Uh, You probably have music and things like that that you give people. He said, never give someone, hand someone something and then explain what's wrong with it. And I knew exactly what he meant when he said that because making, you know, that was kind of my first experience with recorded uh, audio, and that was back in college. That was late 90s, early 2000s. And I knew exactly what he meant because we would make music in our apartment and then hand it to someone and, and then be like, hey, uh, you know, you got to turn this song up or this one's not going to sound that good or this is going to be like this or this is going to sound like this. And I understood what he was meaning. He was saying, hey, if you're going to give it, if you're going to uh, point someone to, you know, some, some audio work that you're doing, make sure that it is ready to go when you, when you send it out. So I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. So don't hand something, don't hand someone something and then explain what's wrong with it.
1: It made sense. Got you. List your top three most influential books?
0: The Reason for God by Tim Keller, Free Publicity by Jeff Crilly, and uh, Security Analysis by Graham and Dodds, So, Got you.
1: And tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on.
0: It takes more than talent to succeed. Business is a competition. You're literally competing against other people for business, and it takes all aspects of business to succeed. Talent, uh, continuing education, marketing, finance, organization. It takes all of these things to be successful.
1: Hmm. Okay. And is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners?
0: Go for it. If you have a dream, go for it. If you have a goal, go for it. Don't leave this life wondering what you could have done. Just go for
1: it and leave no doubt. Well said. And how can the Purposeful Story family stay connected with you?
0: You can find me at podcastdoc.com. You can find links to my podcast production, podcast editing, voiceovers, courses, everything. Podcastdoc.com.
1: You can find me. All right. Donald, appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. And thank you Purposeful Story family for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember, live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Talk soon. This episode was brought to you by my senior editor, Podcast Doc, and the beats were created by DJ Nana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. All it does is drive more listeners to the podcast as we continue to share more purposeful stories to your eardrums. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.